1: This podcast of the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs is sponsored by AAA Heating and Air. Attention homeowners, due to upcoming government regulations, the current energy efficiency
2: ratings for HVAC systems will change. Current inventory cannot be sold after December 31st. As the year 2023 starts, customers can expect to pay an average of 30% more for a new HVAC unit that will meet the new government regulations.
1: So what does this mean for you, the customer? There's no better time to purchase a new HVAC system. AAA Heating and Air must empty their warehouse to make room for the new systems. No deals will be turned down with their 15-year parts and labor warranty plus guaranteed financing they have made it possible for anyone to get a new system call today and enjoy your new home comfort as quickly as tomorrow
2: but you can only get this special deal by calling 803-677-1500 triple a heating and air wants to give you their best deal possible on a new hvac unit but you have to call today
1: 803-677-1500 and tell them you heard about this deal on 1075 the game's gamecock central podcast triple a air when you need us triple a heating
3: The Gamecock Central Takeover Hour. Presented by Firehouse Subs. Founded by firemen with Pearson Fowler. This has been in the works for a while. We're really excited to officially have the Gamecock Central Hour. Chris Clark. And JJ has accepted an invite
1: to the Senior Bowl already, which is awesome. uh, The Reese's Senior Bowl. And Wes Mitchell. Um, I think he's well above 200 into like the 210 range. Uh, um, A dude in the weight room, too, like from a strength standpoint. On the home Home of of the the Gamecocks. Gamecocks.
3: 1075, the Game.
4: A minute after 11 o'clock on a Monday morning, a reaction Monday here in Columbia. Welcome into the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour on 107.5 The Game. Pearson, Preston, Wes, Chris here with you after South Carolina. They finally, finally beat Mark Stoops in Lexington for the first time since he has taken over that Kentucky football program. South Carolina wins 24-14, a game that was ugly in the first half. And by the end of it, South Carolina really found a way to win pretty convincingly. 24-14. to Again, the final score was 24-7 to after a Jalen Brooks reverse uh, put Carolina up 17 points. Carolina now heads into the open week 4-2. and two. They got their first SEC win of the season and might, might now find themselves favored in their next three football games. Uh, a fascinating turn of events. Uh, I want to give you guys a chance to win some money. Uh, but it looks like Terry's clicking around in the thing like he always does. So let me just tell you what the keyword is. Just text it to 95819. We don't have the pre-programmed thing today. Bank, B-A-N-K. Text bank to 95819. I don't sound as good as Chris Logan doing it, but uh, bank, B-A-N-K. You can text that to 95819. That's a chance to win $100. And if you win, you'll be entered into the grand prize drawing to take home $25,000. So once again, bank, B-A-N-K. Text that now to 95819. Chris, how's it going? You have a good weekend? Good weekend.
2: Got to spend some family time. Got to watch some football. Lots Excellent. of good games this weekend. I've, I think we have a lot to say about this game.
4: Yeah, it sounds pleasant. Yeah. Where would you like to start?
2: Man, I have, a, I have a lot of things going through my head right now. Here's one thing. I know we'll dive into more of the particulars of the game, but... Like, one of the first thoughts I had that went through my head after this game was I don't think there's any, less like a big-picture thought, no asterisk on this game. Asterisk, however you want to say it. Not one. None. Don't care that Kentucky's quarterback was out. Hmm. That would be one. the
4: one. That, that jumps to mind immediately nope. other than that. Nope. Not at all. Why not for you? I'm not telling you that I disagree. And I think, and I think both
2: of the coaches – with what they said, publicly backs that up. Well, well, here's one thing. I think part of it is, is kind of attitude if you're a Gamecock fan. And if, it's, if that's your opinion that there does need to be an Astro, that's totally fine. But I don't think so because last year when Kentucky beat South Carolina, did Kentucky fans say, ah, well, Luke Doty clearly wasn't himself or it's just year one of Shane Beamer and we're in year, what is it? I don't know, eight, nine, nine. ten, whatever nine. it was. Yeah. Yeah, this is tentative. Did they say that? Nope. When Clemson came in here last year and won 30 to nothing, did they say, well, we're, we've won two national titles and we're, we're in year whatever of Dabo and this is year one for Shane Beamer and they played four, three different quarterbacks to that. Point. No, I didn't say that. They said, we won and we're going to keep winning. <laughs> you know, Ed, for all the off season talk, everything like that for Kentucky, if you think you're that much better of a program all around than South Carolina, if you've had that long to build your program, If you've talked about your culture and how good it is, and Shane Beamer has properly, in my opinion, credited for Kentucky, when a lot of your plays this season, even the ones that Will Levis have made, have been on the types of passes that you could probably still execute in that game and you've leaned on the run game and you've leaned on your defense, Mm -hmm. why didn't it work on Saturday? No asterisk. South Carolina's banged up too. They, They weren't missing their quarterback, but they're missing two defensive starters who are expected to be two of your best defensive players. They played two freshmen every single defensive snap in the backfield they made it happen they got it done no asterisk yeah no, nobody else puts an asterisk when they've beaten South Carolina
4: right right regardless and, of the circumstances. and again yeah to, to me I mean I agree about the asterisk just because I if you make that if you if if you say that about this game then you're just in like this you're just in like a pit of just like spiraling hypotheticals forever there were five yeah, SEC exactly. teams that started uh, backup quarterbacks this week. Uh, And somebody texted in earlier and made the exact same observation that you did. How many wins do you want to give Carolina for last year starting, you know, backup quarterback? How many losses do you want to take away? It's not fair. And there are some games where it's a little more cut and dry. Preston probably made my favorite point of all, though, which is like people can't even agree on how good Will Levis is anyway. So how much (laughs) how much does that actually change your game plan? Does he Carolina scored 24 points? Will Levis being there or not did not make an impact on that unless you want to again, make the argument that the turnover wouldn't have happened, which is just way too much hypothetical work sure. for me. It's just too much. To, it's, it's like trying to keep up with the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I just get, I gave up 10 years ago. Um, but Kentucky was still going to have to get to 24 points. Does Will Levis score Kentucky 17 more points in Lexington Saturday night? Maybe, but I don't think so based on what I've seen. And some of the, uh, some of the things that Kentucky struggled with in the game,
2: Well, I mean, you know, do they run a reverse on the first play of the game if Levis is in the game? Probably not. But, again, super hypothetical. Maybe Will Levis throws a pick off of one of those pressures. I I don't know if you guys noticed. South Carolina's defensive line destroyed Kentucky. I mean, destroyed in the the passing game. Not even close. And a lot of – it wasn't like Sharon was – there was like – I think there was one play, maybe two – where you're like he held onto the ball way too long. Like there was this one time where I think he thought he was back at Somerset High in Kentucky or whatever. He he escapes the pocket. He's running out to the right, and I oh, don't think Birch he got... realizes that jo- here comes Jordan Birch, who's yeah. like four or five at two seventy, and he chases him down. That was one where maybe Levis throws that right. away. A lot of the other ones he well, was I,
4: cooked. A lot of people don't do that anyway, and it's one of my biggest pet peeves in all of football when the quarterback is running out of bounds, and it's like you can just you can just like vomit this ball 12 feet in front of you and it's out of bounds and it's not grounding. And, and instead, you literally just ran out of bounds for a three-yard loss. It is like one of the worst plays that football players make on a – quarterbacks make on a consistent basis. It just drives me crazy.
0: Thank you for calling them quarterbacks instead of football players. Yeah,
4: yeah, no. <laughs> yeah. They're, they're, they're the only football players that make that stupid mistake like all the time. So, yeah, I, I, I agree about, about Asterisk they're not necessarily being one Carolina again. It felt like Kentucky was at halftime. I felt similarly to the way that I felt at halftime of the Arkansas game where it felt like Kentucky was in a position to just kind of salt the game away, you know, maybe not even score a ton, but it felt like they moved the ball. Even if they weren't finishing drives, it felt like they were moving the ball in the first half. I thought that was going to come back in spades in the second half, but Carolina flipped a switch. And again, we have not often seen Carolina be able to flip the momentum of a game or just like flip a switch like that. And to me, that was the most encouraging single development Saturday night.
2: Yeah. I thought after the moment that could have been the turning point to South Carolina's credit, they didn't let it be after the punt block. You block a punt. I think both teams had maybe traded punts at that point. South mm-hmm. Carolina obviously scored on their first play of the game. You block the punt. Um, and you run Marshawn Lloyd for 11 yards. Now you're in good position. Then you obviously have the Rattler fumbles. So not only do you not come away, if you score a touchdown there, I don't want to say the game's over, but it's 14 nothing in the blink of an eye, and you feel really good. Um, even a field goal, which would have been a minor disappointment, you came away with the one thing you could not have in that situation, and that was after you bought a punt, dialed it up, um, huge momentum swing, and then it goes the other way. That was the moment when it happened where I was like, if South Carolina doesn't win, they're going to look back and that's going to be the one. Mm -hmm. But the game, like you said, it was pretty even at halftime. South Carolina was able to then, in the second half, get some key stops defensively, hit some big plays offensively, hit some explosives, which was, I think, a key coming into this game. You knew you weren't going to probably drive the yard, drive the yard, drive the field 75 yards three or four times against Kentucky. You needed some explosives and they were able to get those.
4: Uh, Wes, I think the Braves are like minus one ninety against the Phillies. That series starts. Oh, wait, no. Uh, what were your thoughts on the Kentucky game?
1: Yeah, I feel like I have so many things I want to get to today that I'm gonna be like Kevin in the episode of The Office where he just <laughs> uh, throws out the words you don't need. So i I just wrote down I just wrote down words that. Well, uh,
4: fortunately, Carolina has an open week, so we can spend an extra yes. couple of days on this.
1: Well, I'm gonna sum it up first with my my big picture okay. thoughts. Um. Here's what I wrote down as I was rewatching the game. Marshawn Lloyd. And then I just wrote down his name like five times. Um, <laughs> For emphasis. Pete Limbo. Protect Pete Limbo at all costs if you're at South Carolina. David Spalding. Low-key just, I mean, I thought major impact in this game. And I, I thought he was a solid player last year. Um, didn't know that he would come back and make the impact he has. Uh Made an impact at the beginning and the end of the game and uh, made some plays throughout. Defensive line. No ding. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Juice Wells and Jalen Brooks. Okay. Juice! I put them together. And then uh, perimeter blocking. Yes. And uh, those were my headers, my headlines that just popped out. I'm sure there's some other things that were missed, but uh, to me, um, those were some of the differences in the, game.
0: the big thing about what those last two is you said Juice Wells and Jalen Brooks, and then perimeter blocking mm-hmm. is that they were together in doing those things. So, mm-hmm. not only did those two catch balls, yak yards, but they also blocked after plays. And I think that is really, really impressive for receivers to be able to do.
4: Well, I'll take you back to last week. Uh, Preston Damas, Nostra Preston, mm-hmm. I don't know, mm-hmm. I don't know what we're gonna call him. We'll <laughs> work on that. Um, You you were reading off the the snap count from the SC State game. I was like, why are all these guys playing? On Saturday, five wide receivers got a snap. And Xavier Leggett got, I think, six. Juice got 50-something. Jalen got maybe right at 50 or like high 40s. And then a big drop to Amarian Brown at like 25. Josh Van got 23. XL got six. Then the second half of that game, Carolina said these are the guys that are winning in the football game. Part of it is out of necessity. You're on the road. You have a tiny travel roster. You, you're limited in your options. But I hope the coaching staff sees the lesson in that. Just because you're at home, just because you have 196 guys dressed doesn't mean you have to play all of them. Juice and Jalen Brooks should get 90% of your snaps at wide receiver.
0: Absolutely. And the only time they should come out is when they tap their helmet. And yep. then you should look at them twice and say, are you sure? <laughs> yeah. And, you know, that's, that's the only time they should come out the game.
1: Yeah, I thought, um, the two of those guys, um, you know, I think it was kind of, it's kind of interesting. It was expected at least here at South Carolina from juice, um, Jalen Brooks. I mean, let's give a little extra credit to him because I think there was a lot of people who, even when Jalen came back to the team, there were people saying like, you know, for one, didn't expect that necessarily Two, um, you know, I think there was a thought out there of why, you know, why did South Carolina bring him back? And, um. You know, he's been, I would say, phenomenal this year compared to maybe what the expectations were. And and all those guys, I feel like, have stepped their game up without the football. And I I think that's been a big trend. Um, You know, you look out there, as good as Marshawn Lloyd was uh, with the football, I think he's improved a ton without the football as Mm -hmm. well. Uh, The tight ends without the football, um, blocking downfield.
4: uh, I even saw Jaheim Bell throw a successful block on Saturday.
1: Well, he, he is capable of being a really good blocker um, as well. Uh, we haven't always seen it, but he is certainly capable of it. So I, I think when you have the buy-in uh, for the guys, uh, you know, out there on the edge, it, it makes a difference. I, and you know, we talk about the the quick perimeter throws. Obviously, the big play by Juice Wells, uh, great explosiveness from him. But um, you had great blocking on that play. Uh, great blocking, even if one was a little bit borderline, maybe on the Jalen Brooks uh, reverse. And, um, but, but some of those Marshawn Lloyd runs where he bounces it out to the outside, you don't have those opportunities to turn those into long plays without great perimeter blocking. Right.
4: Yeah, that was, I mean, just the, 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 the X's and O's, no, excuse me, the, the blocking relative to the X's and O's and not to take anything away from it. Cause I said, I thought Marshawn Lloyd outdueled his counterpart on the other sideline, uh, did I say On Lloyd? Yeah, mm. I meant Marcus Satterfield. Marcus Satterfield outdueled his counterpart on the other sideline. I thought, but this is the tightest game of execution, at least in the second half. And there, there were still some execution issues. There's still things the offense needs to iron out. I thought this was maybe the worst game that Spencer Rattler's actually played at South Carolina. But everything else, the perimeter blocking, the guys actually catching, uh, the running backs. I, I thought, just in terms of execution of the offensive game plan, I thought this was as clean as South Carolina has been uh, Eric Douglas double-clutching a snap notwithstanding, which is yeah, just very weird.
2: I, I think to to go back to the reverse, I mean, Shane Beamer mentioned after the press conference that it took some, he didn't use the word, so I'll use it, cojones, mm-hmm. to call that. And it just kind of dawned on me, like South Carolina had literally seen the other team trying to manufacture something, first play of the game, fumble, right? So that's kind of going through your head of, okay. And, and there were some moving parts. That was a well-designed play. I mean, they had a little like a jet or orbit like yeah, they ran a little orbit motion and then the other they way. had yeah. a, like a fake option attached yeah, it was, it to was it.
4: like the handoff to set up an option that ended up being a reverse like jalen yeah. brooks ran in between two players
2: yeah and it could and there could have been like like a speed option to the right side so they go left yeah um kentucky not the bet i noticed on the rewatch number six for kentucky who actually had the strip sack mm-hmm. of spencer rattler earlier in the game a point shaving esque tackle <laughs> <laughs> attempt on on uh, on uh, Jalen. Bre- maybe, maybe the angle was just such where he just couldn't reach him, but it it, it was really bad. But it, it was well blocked. Juice Wells obviously depleted somebody on that one. Awesome. And um, I, th- I thought they played with great effort. I thought they dialed up. You know, you look at. I, I think here's how you boil it down. South Carolina showed some creativity. I think with that reverse, but. Their other biggest play on offense, aside from just a bunch of really good runs by Marshawn Lloyd, was just the the little screen pass out there to Juice, whatever you want to call that. Mm-hmm. I mean, they have um, they have a, a a motion there too, right? They have a Marion Brown coming across the formation. They have a fake handoff to to Marshawn Lloyd, and then he just turns around and throws it out there. That's it. It's that's
4: a, one of those plays where it's like, okay, that's a five-yard pickup. That's a 10-yard. He's not going to – oh, that's a, gonna, oh, that's he a touchdown. He just kept going. It was just weird. It was not like, look like everybody? he was moving that fast,
2: yeah. and he, he just beats everybody. So, oh. But that's the type of play for South Carolina to be successful. That's what they're going to have to execute. Yeah. They ran that play again later in the game and mm-hmm. got like one yard. Right. But you're going to have to hit that play. Then you're going to have to come up with something, whether it's a reverse, whether it's a, a, a deep shot from Spencer Rattler. Mm-hmm. that's what this offense you know, has to be.
4: Simple play on the bubble screen. The other longest play for Carolina was Marshawn Lloyd's 45-yard run, which was, I mean, that, I think that was all yak for him, actually, because he did, like, break a tackle right there in the backfield, but then didn't get touched again until he got pushed out of bounds. So two simple plays, uh, one of them well-executed. The Marshawn, again, you, you don't want him to get hit in the backfield there, but pretty simple execution on both of those.
2: Well, and that's, I mean, when you have, Good skill players, which all the really, really good teams, if you're aspiring South Carolina to be a really good team, it's not going to, let's say in five years, South Carolina is really good. We're not going to look around and just say, oh, the offensive line, nobody's even touched, <laughs> you know, when they get the football. Good players make people miss in the hole. Yeah. But let me give this stat. You mentioned Marshawn, 110 yards rushing in the game, 100 after contact.
4: I was, <laughs> wow. See, that would have been like my joke guess. That's ridiculous. Listen to
2: the i i we got to double check this one on Chris Rodriguez, but I, I, it could be right. 126 yards.
4: Uh-huh.
2: Is there a world where he could have 128 after contact? Because <laughs> <laughs> that's what PFF has him
1: at. I guess so. First of all, I don't believe that's That is possible, but I think uh, in theory that is possible. Yeah, um, because the the Marshawn Lloyd. Uh, play, we're talking about. Mm, he had two yards he, behind the line. He, scrimmage. Would, he would have had, it would have been a 45 yard run, I think it was, but yeah. it would have been 47, 48 after contact. 48 yep. after contact. Yep. So theoretically possible. However, there were several runs by Rodriguez where he was not touched in the backfield. So that makes me think yeah that there was no but, way. And Marshawn had, I mean, I was charting the first half plays.
2: By the way, you remember how we were talking about he needed – I don't know if we – we might have said first quarter. Definitely first half he needed like 10 touches. Mm-hmm. I think he got 11.
4: Okay. Um, yeah, I think it was nine carries and a couple of catches maybe. Yep. Yeah.
2: He had a 28-yard catch. He had three four-yard losses on mm-hmm. runs, but they yeah.
4: stuck with it. Well, and they had and, success. Well, you you got all the stats. Wes has the tome. Uh, we're going to get to as much as we possibly can. But I tweeted out – I don't know if there's any way to find this data. I think Marshawn Lloyd probably is going to set the record for – running back with the most hits in the backfield in the history of South Carolina. And he still, like he said, managed to get 110 yards. 803-404-6100. Lots more on Carolina Kentucky next. It's the Gamecock Central
3: Takeover Hour. Presented by Firehouse Subs.
4: Founded by Firemen. With Pearson
3: Fowler, Chris Clark, and Wes Mitchell. On the home of the Gamecocks. 107.5 The The game.
4: Game. 11.25 Monday morning, a reaction Monday here on 107.5 The Game. And welcome back into the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour. Pearson, Preston, Wes, and Chris here with you. Uh, Both of you guys have come in with just like a book of notes. And by book, I mean a computer. But I'm just imagining if you had to write it out, it would have been a book's worth. Chris has rattled a bunch off today. Wes has some notes. He's got some headlines. We'll continue to dig into a lot of their takeaways from the Carolina-Kentucky game um 803 404 want to hear from you guys too. First though, uh integrated media is great at helping people have just awesome setups to watch football. It was a great weekend of football. And if you had integrated media, you got to enjoy all of it. Yeah, and, and here's
2: the thing. I was actually away this weekend, was not at the home uh almost at studio, not at like the home theater setup. Um I was actually camping outside. So that was a lot of fun. But we were very much, like, at the mercy of the elements. Like, we're outside. uh, We were tent camping. And we either had to, like, stream off our phone or use the campground Wi-Fi. And it it was decent, right? It ended up being pretty good. But we only had one TV and a phone. So not an ideal viewing experience. But at home, I have the ideal viewing experience, whether it's uh, video game systems, TVs. Make sure your Internet signal is good enough. That's the key. You can have multiple devices, but if you're buffering... If you don't have a strong enough signal to stream on your back porch in your TV, in your living room, in your phone, kitchen, wherever you got your devices, you're not going to be in good shape. So let the guys at Integrated Media come take a look at your home. If you don't know what you want, if you don't know what you need, just give them a call. Have them come out. Michael, Nathan, the team will take care of you. Make sure you can catch up with all the college football action for the Gamecocks and other teams the rest of the season and the Atlanta Braves. Playoffs coming up. First game today. Make sure you got all that set up. Sonos wireless speakers, smart home, security systems, anything you need. Integrated Media Inc. That's INC.com or 803-948-8327.
4: I do want to get back to Carolina, Kentucky. We have some breaking news here. Not that we break a lot of news, but uh, the Panthers have officially fired Matt Rule. Yep. Any reaction there? I mean,
1: (laughs) I feel feel like there are no surprises here, right? I mean, the, the NFL might be the most bottom-line business uh, that exists in terms of wins and losses for head coaches. So um, they lost, what, like seven in a row to finish last year? I know it was a, they, they lost a bunch. And um, then, I mean, I, I watched some of that game yesterday. It It's really hard to watch at this point, and um, you know, they haven't been able to figure out the quarterback situation. It just, I feel like we all kind of saw this coming.
4: Yeah, I would have been surprised if this didn't happen. Uh the Panthers yesterday moved to 1 and 27 under Matt Rule and the other team scores more than 17 points. And also let let me let me um let me take out Vanderbilt. Would Baker Mayfield today be a starting quarterback in the SEC? Come on. They could, hey, listen man. Clark Lee got them guys playing That's true. decently. That's true. Okay, leave Vanderbilt in. Would Baker Mayfield be a starting quarterback in the SEC today? Yes. Yes.
1: Really? Yes. Okay. He was a really good college quarterback.
4: I loved Baker in college. He's turning into one of the worst starting quarterbacks in the history of the NFL.
1: That, that has staggering. no. That doesn't have a carryover back. You can't be like, well, oh, no, nah, he'd have been awful in no, college. No, like saw- <laughs> I feel like he
4: regressed. I feel like he's like Benjamin Button. It's like like next, next, next week, he's going to forget algebra. Then he's not going to be able to walk. <laughs> it has been a disaster. So there you go. Not hugely surprising there. But if you're a Carolina Panther fan, probably relieved to see that that is official. At least finished. now
1: they can draft Will Levis uh,
2: <laughs> in the first round. <laughs> I this year. actually had that thought yesterday. I was like, help
1: me, please.
4: Oh, my gosh.
1: The future against, no, is the against the scenario. law. It's against the law. Let me just get this yeah. out of the <laughs> way. It's against the law in North Carolina to eat uh, mayo in your coffee. So this is not going to work out.
4: Yeah, no, that's good. That's that's good. Hopefully that will preclude them from No, this is great. They're going to tank. They're going to get CJ Stroud. Nobody's worth worse than the Carolina Panthers right now. Um It's great. It's great. This is good news. And I have not even been a lot of people after after like the first quarter of Matt rule's tenure and Charlie, they're like, Oh, fire Matt rule. I was like, okay, well y'all did give him a seven year contract. Like <laughs> he, he inherited one of the worst rosters in the NFL. You can relax, but you know, after, I don't know one in 27, it's probably, you know, when the other team score 17 points, that's probably a good time to go ahead and move on. So there you go. Panther fans, uh, be uh, on the lookout for, I don't know, whoever your next coach is going to be, but most importantly, just, just keep losing. Get get CJ Stroud, get Bryce Young, not nah Will Levis. We'll see how that goes for him. Uh, I want to remind you to, uh, from the NFL all the way back to high school, where Baker Mayfield also might not be a starting quarterback today. Uh, Tommy Moody and Justin Holler bringing you the high school football scoreboard every Friday night here on 107.5 The Game from 9 until midnight. Scores, stats, post game interviews with coaches. If you uh, care at all about high school football, that is the place to be. Just parked in front of your radio Friday night from 9 until midnight with Tommy and Justin. We'll get more thoughts on Carolina and Kentucky. We'll get Wes and Chris to unpack their notebooks for us next.
3: It's the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour. Presented by Firehouse Subs, founded by Fireman with Pearson Fowler, Chris Clark, and Wes Mitchell on the home of the Gamecocks, 1075
4: the Game. 11.35 on a Monday morning. Welcome back into the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour. Pearson, Preston, Wes, Chris here with you on a reaction Monday. Plenty more to get to on South Carolina and Kentucky. And uh, if you're a Carolina fan that's looking forward to reveling in this Kentucky win, one, you should. That's why you play the game, so that you can have bragging rights. But also, it is an open week, so we're going to take our time in dissecting this Kentucky game, the individual performances, and then, of course, later in the week, kind of what we can extrapolate from the Kentucky result and start to apply to the rest of the season where all of a sudden South Carolina is, uh, I mean, really set up. Quite nicely. Um, the idea that Texas A&M is now a game where Carolina might be favored is, I mean, borderline unimaginable. They've lost. Haven't they lost their last three games, like 120 to 25 or something like that against Texas a and I don't, I don't know the numbers. They're not going to be favored against A&M, but I, I
1: think they're going to be in a but, a much better spot to compete in that game. You would think, and hey, here's the thing, four and two going into the bye. uh, just feels so much different. And, you know, I said this before, it wasn't just the team that needed this. I feel like this fan base uh, needed this as well, just kind of uh, checking the pulse of of where the collective uh, thought process is from, uh, you know, Gamecock Twitter, uh, our, the message boards on Gamecock Central. I mean, um, everybody needed a little bit of uh, good fortune this weekend, and, and they obviously got it. And, uh, hey, enjoy it. Uh, I think, uh, you know, Beamer always talks about Uh, you know celebrating wins Um, you know it seems like the Gamecock fan base is definitely celebrating this one other than the uh, small percentage that wants to point out the uh, quarterback situation at Kentucky
4: Hmm. yeah which is fine and and look we we might look back at the end of the season and feel like that was a significant contributing factor in Carolina getting this result it doesn't feel like it right now and there's no reason to you know try to litigate that with less than complete information. So, we will uh we'll reserve our judgment on that for now. It was an overall very solid performance from South Carolina. The only thing I don't like about having you two on the show is I can't ask you trivia questions cuz y'all know all the numbers. But just for the just for the heck of it, uh do you happen to know who is number 1 in the SEC in touchdowns right now? Is it Marshawn Lloyd? It is Marshawn Lloyd. <laughs> Did you not already know that? I, I figured you like wrote that stat, published it.
1: Um, I think I did hear or see that somewhere. Um, he has
4: the most touchdowns of any individual player in the SEC. Seven rushing yeah. touchdowns, which is second in the league. And two receiving touchdowns gives him nine, which is more than, um, what's his face? The wide receiver from Vanderbilt. Can we dive into to Marshawn Lloyd at this point? Let us dive. Um, you know,
1: I thought, I thought this was Marshawn's best for performance, um, when you factor in who it was against as well. Um, You know, I I think we we all saw him sort of just run all over Charlotte and, you know, had a really good game against SC State. Uh, You know, there's a little bit, uh, I would say, in the back of my mind where I wondered, um, you know, is Marshawn ever going to be that guy that can be like your feature SEC back? And, uh, you know, or is he just going to be that guy that you have to get into space? And, uh, you know, I thought as far as breaking tackles, uh, running between the tackles, um you know just doing a little bit of everything just being literally the feature back um you know he was outstanding like he he did well obviously in space he had the big plays but the, the ability to make people miss in the backfield um the balance he is showing right now uh the job he's doing without the football like blocking out on the edge as well um i thought it was a great all around performance and there you know there was i would say a drop off when he was out of the game mm-hmm. um so you've kind of seen him just emerge as being the guy at running back, which is obviously a a, a great thing, I think, for Carolina. But it's kind of because he has earned it and put himself in that position. And we're seeing him, to me, play like the five-star, high four-star um, prospect that he was, uh, you know, when he signed with South Carolina.
4: Chris Rodriguez, I guess, had a better day statistically. Marshawn Lloyd looked like a more dangerous back to me Saturday than Chris Rodriguez obviously watching it you know more specifically watching south carolina but i don't think that's crazy you also saw in the snap distribution now uh, cbs not making the dressed or travel list for kentucky was definitely a contributing factor there i will say the same thing that i said about you know paring down the snaps for wide receiver i hope the coaching staff learns from this not to say cbs doesn't need to be playing because he's shown to be a valuable player and has a good skill set but i think marshall Lloyd played 49 snaps and the only other running back was Juju, who got 10, and then there were a couple of Jaheim Bell carries, which, of course, aggravated me and didn't really do anything. But um, that he should get the lion's share of the, of the of the work. He's been here three years. Obviously, one of those missed with injury, but it's crazy. He's three years into his career. This is his first 20-carry game. And in my opinion, he does not need to have another game this season where he goes below 20 carries.
2: I think, uh, you you know, I, I'm still on the, if you use Jaheim Bell, sp- he had two carries, so sparing. And one of them was fourteen yards. I'm not gonna split hairs on that. The other one was two, you know. And <laughs> it was but two, and uh, he made a guy miss in the backfield and it rolled forward. He for... did. So I mean, I, I'm I'm fine with a couple, few carries a game or finding getting some spots to use him in. Christian Beal Smith, I, I agree, will be a valuable guy because he's probably their best pass protection back. And he can be valuable in short yardage, too. And then Juju can do, you know, Juju things. But I, I totally agree. I mean, we came into this game, I think all of us agreed that getting Marshawn Lloyd the football early and often and in a variety of ways was going to be critical to success. And they did that. I mean, I think I had first half 11 different touches for Marshawn. I think it was nine. You said Pearson nine carries and a couple of uh, catches when I was a 28 yard catch. You know, they went to him on the first play of the game offensively down at the goal line, just ran it in there, which was good to see. Um, probably on the second drive or on the drive after the punt block, had an 11-yard carry. Hindsight, maybe give it to him again down there. But <laughs> the more he touches the ball, I think the better for this offense. They're going to have to ride with the players. Like we, you are talking about paring it down earlier, narrowing it down. I think as the season has gone on, we found out more and more who the most effective players offensively have been for South Carolina? What are some things they do pretty well? What are some things they don't do very well that could get better? And I think we're finding out more about that. I think that's why after game five, I felt pretty, you know, convinced that we really didn't know like how good this South Carolina team could be. You know, would they be an average team, good team? Do they have a chance at pulling an upset or two later this season? I still don't think we fully know, but we did learn a lot more. I think about them and going to Kentucky and beating a team that's still quarterback or no quarterback, mm-hmm. still a tough matchup and still a good team. And, and they went in and beat them and ended still up very good them comfortably.
4: defensively. And yeah. we, I mean, JaQuizz Jones is a big loss for them, but that's still a, that, as much as I feel like Kentucky's been overrated and a little bit overinflated this year. The defense is very good, I think. Uh, sure. Preston, would you less like to see one on one in the hole, Chris Rodriguez or Marshawn Lloyd?
0: Ooh, um, me personally, I think I would probably would I would rather see Chris Rodriguez because I think uh maybe me and some of my friends can tackle him, <laughs> but I think seeing Marshawn in in the in a whole one on one would be terrifying because he might run me over or he might shake me out of my shoes, yeah, or jump you, or jump, or he <laughs> might. I'm, a, I'm not a tall dude, so he <laughs> might jump over me, yeah. So I just think the combination of could he shake me in this this tight space is a little bit daunting.
4: Can you see another player's eyes, or do you
0: look at that when you're playing football? You might catch like a, a rare a rare. That's an interesting question. You might catch a glimpse. If you do see somebody's eyes, he's probably about to do something to you. <laughs> you know, like he's really excited. And <laughs> it's not good. I, I was gonna might be the last thing you see. <laughs> do you mostly look at the number? That's a great question. I don't. I don't know. What's the focal point? I don't know. It's just all the nameless, faceless opponent. I guess I don't yeah. know.
4: I guess I guess I just I'm I'm thinking like I don't really know what Marshawn looks like when he's running the football, but I imagine his face is as scary as everything else he's doing with his body. If I were a defensive player, Marshawn's running at me, I have a feeling his eyes are going to be bulged about three inches out of his head. There's going to be a big vein across his forehead, and, and he's going to look like he's about to. You mentioned juice just looking like he's about to explode. I feel like that's what Marshawn looks like. It, it's
2: the funny thing, I, I would think so. It's not. Have you ever seen, like, still pictures of Marshawn running? No, no.
4: Is it very I'll
2: come show you something. Yeah, it's almost expressionless. Oh, even God. worse? That's,
4: that's even scarier. His eyes,
2: <laughs> Michael Myers. His eyes are just normal. Because, like, if you go look at players, a lot of times they got the bulgy eyes where they're... Yeah. No, he just... His eyes are almost... I mean, they're almost shut, and then he has no mouth expression.
4: He doesn't have a mouth. It's just... It's just Keanu White, Reeves in the beginning of The Matrix. That's real stone killer. It is yeah. scary. That's cool. That's... Yeah, I'm... Obviously, very, very happy that Marshawn's doing what he's doing. Very good. Um, We'll unpack a few more thoughts on Carolina, Kentucky. We need to get a recap on buy or sell as well. Um, Also, let me go ahead and remind you guys of this. Uh, Wes has a great recommendation. Uh, People have to move. It is an inevitability in life. It's not people's favorite thing to do necessarily. But when you do, it doesn't have to be a miserable experience, as Wes found out just a couple weeks ago.
1: Yes, uh, you got to give my friends at Gamecock Moving a shout, uh, 803-814-3569. You can call them or you can text them, gamecockmoving.com, residential and commercial moving services, licensed, bonded, and insured. Uh, You know, let's be honest. When you got to move, that is probably one of the uh, worst parts about, uh, you know, going to a new place is having to pick up all your stuff and take it to your new house. Um, They can handle this step-by-step process for you Uh, quite literally can pack up your things move them to the new location then unpack them and put them out for you as well uh wonderful news as well if you mention to gamecock moving that you heard about them on this show you get a discount as well so uh, gamecockmoving.com 803-814-3569 they will treat your belongings as if they were your own And in our case, the uh, estimate was like a four-hour move, and they got it done in like two hours. So, uh, again, very, very efficient.
4: More on Carolina-Kentucky and a recap of our Friday edition of Buy or Sell next.
3: It's the Gamecocks Central Takeover Hour. Presented by Firehouse Subs. Founded by Firemen. With Pearson Fowler. Chris Clark. And Wes Mitchell. On the home of the Gamecocks. 107.5 The
4: Game. 11:50 on a Monday morning, a reaction Monday here in Columbia. Welcome back into the Gamecock Central takeover hour on 1075 The Game. Pearson Preston West Chris here with you more thoughts on Carolina Kentucky. A quick uh, recap of buy or sell. Want to remind you first to listen to 1075 The Game all football season long for the Carolina Honda Powerhouse Gamecock ticket giveaway. Carolina Honda Powerhouse is your source for Honda power sports and you can visit carolinahonda.com the Gamecock's home after the open week for a couple weeks so plenty more opportunities for you guys. To win some tickets, courtesy of Carolina Honda Powerhouse. Real quick, I got an unnamed texter here. Says, uh, did Pearson like the wide receiver screen touchdown by Juice? As someone that has been an outspoken opponent of the quick passing game. Yes, I did. Yes, I did. And I'm officially, uh, <clears throat> hopefully I'll have two new drops, two new hotkeys for tomorrow. Because I've had it queued up and I haven't yet put it on the computer. But I got to get, it's spicy. It's but I'm also spicy. just going to get Juice, like from the song. So we'll have those um whenever we need him
0: yeah but see here's the thing i i, I think i know what the Texas was trying to do there but i'm a big proponent of not dropping your lineman in coverage and last game zach Piggins had a tip pass in coverage <laughs> and i still hate it i still think <laughs> yeah. it's a terrible thing to do even if it works occasionally yeah the first I, I saw that play and i was
4: like oh zach tipped the ball and i was like zach was in coverage <laughs> yeah. like what in the uh, world oh uh, uh, yeah
0: dc's they're married to that concept. Yeah.
4: Well, I mean, it's, I, I'll, I'll bring everybody back to the Haydenhurst jet sweep that Carolina should never have run, and they had success with it. And it was still a terrible play. That's fine. I'm going to die on that hill. But yes, I, I did like that. Just anytime you can get juice. Was that Juice's first target
1: of uh, the game? Yeah. Uh, I assume not of the season. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. We well, we don't we don't know. Yes, I think it was as far as them. That's getting, crazy. And that was in the they, third quarter. Well, they they really didn't. They didn't throw the ball a ton, and a lot, a lot of times Kentucky on third downs was dropping eight and just rushing three. Mm-hmm. And there were several times. Um, I hate the I hate the TV copy when it's live; you can't see down the field. It annoys mm-hmm. me. But when they were showing the replay, a bunch of those throws from Carolina, there was nobody open oh, yeah. at all. And yeah. it I don't know if it was necessarily that they weren't getting separation. I think Kentucky dropped so many guys back into coverage. Um, but yes, as far as literal targets i believe that was the first um we don't know if there were calls that you know he could have gotten the ball but right yeah.
4: anyway i just like whenever juice gets the ball he's uh he's a good playmaker um all right so let's uh go ahead and recap or sell. how'd we do last week wes
1: um okay uh chris rodriguez jr will rush for a hundred yards or more mm-hmm. um all of you bought i sold
4: ah boo i know I suck. Uh, I'm glad you sold because that makes it more likely that I win.
1: South Carolina will score 21 points. I bought. My man Preston bought. These two sold. Mm -hmm. South Carolina will win the game. Preston bought. I bought. (laughs) They sold. sold. Uh, So, Preston... 3-0. Three and O again, right? What Ooh, again? Yeah, week? he won last week too. That I was two and one. Y'all were one and two. And uh, for the record, no, you said earlier because hey, I did listen to the show some earlier. I heard that. Thank you. That uh, you said you didn't know if Preston made a prediction. He did make a prediction. Mm. He said uh, twenty-one to eighteen, final score, South Carolina. I said twenty-one seventeen, final score, South Carolina.
4: The champion. Preston.
2: Who's
1: the season leader overall? Oh, Probably Preston. We don't know. It's got, it's got to be Preston. Okay. But I don't have the
4: numbers. Congrats. Yeah. Preston but again, is Nostra, 6-0 this year. Nostra, Preston.
0: Preston Damas. Just, you know, we're going to take it one game at a time. We're not going to build up too much. We had a good performance last week, but we're looking on taking this bye week, getting healthy. We'll be back. Hey, we,
1: we need to do this like uh, the show on ESPN where whoever wins it gets like the final word for the segment. So I like Preston I'm won. Cool now he gets.
4: Yeah, we do the little we do the little FaceTime. I got a timer for FaceTime for Mason Dixon lines, which Drew won. Drew four zero and one last week.
0: Jeez, that's tough.
4: Yeah, it was tough. Not right. not a great season for me. Yeah, we can start doing that. Uh, also, the uh, the sponsor. I was gonna say, tell us about Kendall. You can tell us about Kendall Smith or Kendall Walsh, whoever you want.
1: <laughs> uh, I will tell you about Kendall Walsh right now. Uh, she is my realtor. She can be yours as well. Uh, Kendall is with the Moore Company. Eight zero three. 414-3590. She is the proud sponsor of Buy or Sell each and every week here on the GC Takeover Hour. Work with Walsh at gmail.com, at Work with Walsh on Twitter and on Instagram. And uh, obviously, a lot of people, have you seen the headlines, uh, housing market, pretty crazy out there right now. But, uh, you know, if you're in the market for a home, if you're kind of just... Uh, I don't know, a little, you want a home, but you're scared, uh, give Kendall a shout. She can help you. uh, You know, you might be closer to being able to own a home than you think. So, again, 803-414-3590. Lots of ways to get creative uh, and get yourself into that new home.
4: All right, so it is a reaction Monday, sometimes an overreaction Monday. So let me ask the question that everybody has been dying for me to ask you three all day. Does Saturday's result confirm for you that South Carolina will finish this season 10-2? and Yes, sold. Cool. All right, buy. Wes is buying. We're gonna keep track of that at the end of the season. Sell. Uh, Preston selling. Chris, what do you think?
2: Yeah, I think I'll. I think I'll punt that one. <laughs>
4: wow, to a later date. Wow, Wes is the only person. <laughs> wow, that's that's bush league guys. Wes, the only person that believes in this team. Did uh did your punt
1: uh, bounce and get downed inside the five? That was
4: why did that not count? That was it the broke, right call. It no, broke it the plane. It was, it was the not right the right call. Yes, that it was, was ridiculous. And it invalidated my best tweet, maybe ever. The which was Kroger Field. <laughs> Rename. Kai Kroger had a really nice night. It looked like he had bounced that sucker right on the <laughs> centimeter line, and then they had to overturn it during the. Break. That was a beautiful. It was. Plan. That was let, a shame.
1: Let me just say again, real quick. Uh, we got to talk more about Pete Limbo tomorrow because, yeah. man. Protect Pete Limbo at all costs if you're South Carolina.
0: And also shout out to the last vestige of my coaching career, King Ford, on the block yeah. punt, walking yes. walk, uh, walk on from Blythewood High School. Shout out to my guy King. Is that even a second a row? block punt this year?
2: Yeah. He, he didn't. He have the one against SC State. Did
0: did he, he did. I
4: Actually, thought he did because yeah. I remember thinking it was Daryl Ware because I didn't realize he had changed numbers. a row. Shout hey, out to King. Preston. Great job, Preston. A quadruple winner today. Listen.
2: <laughs> it re- it really is to piggyback off what Wes saying on Pete Limbo, it, it's it's almost unbelievable how well prepared the special teams are for South Carolina. Like every team knows that they're not only going to be sound. It's it's one thing to just be sound and solid. Ah, oh, they're pretty. good. They're not going to make a bunch of mistakes on special teams. But to be that good, where you can line up and say we're running a fake right. now. You know, we're running a two point play mm-hmm. that you can't stop or. We're coming after you, and you can't stop it. Like to be able to do it that well when everybody is clearly on edge and aware of it
1: is special. They they won the field position battle because of him, uh, because of his special teams. South Carolina hit their only field goal attempt of the game. Kentucky missed theirs with again a little a snap, that's a little bit off. That six point swing might as well have been fourteen points in this game because yeah. uh, points are at a premium and. They kept the football away from Barry and Brown, mm-hmm. who uh, was really good against Ole Miss. Five kickoffs, five touchbacks for Mitch Jeter. The only time Brown touched the ball in the return game, he had an 11-yard punt return. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Josh Van actually had an 18-yard punt return. Yep. So uh, South Carolina beat Kentucky in pretty much every single special team's facet, uh, which I thought actually was a huge sort of hidden difference in the game
4: pete limbo for governor we're going to spend all day tomorrow talking about Pete limbo so tune in for that Uh, as for us we're done here today appreciate y'all listening and the halftime show is coming up next
3: Ross Matthews talks to celebrities, friends, and people with interesting stories to tell. Who's saying, hello, Ross, this week, Chelsea Handler.
0: I'm not home enough to have a third dog. My housekeeper basically is their parent. I am not going to get another dog so that she has to take care of another dog until one of these dogs exits. It's a
4: good move. I have three rescue dogs and only two hands. And when you're one person, that's too hard to do. I recommend two max, okay? Use your
0: foot,
3: Ross. Hello, Ross. Available on YouTube or wherever you listen.
4: 18 plus.